0: Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you.
1: And welcome. Uh, My name is Eric Hurt, and I'm here with my brother, Mike Cleveland. We're here excited to do another podcast, and today we're looking at testimonies again. And, you know, testimonies are just a wonderful way uh, in which uh, the gospel can be proclaimed, and we can see how lives have been radically changed by the cross and uh, Mike, you excited to be here this morning? I'm always excited, Eric, to see people's
2: lives changed by the power of the cross, and that's what we have today, is to uh, talk about some of these testimonies that come in uh, when people will graduate from the courses at Setting Captives Free, and their lives have been transformed by Christ uh, through drawing them to look at the cross, and so yes, I'm good, glad to be here
1: with you, brother. <laughs> Amen, and you know, we're going to see through these testimonies that it's not anything that man can do to change the heart, uh, but it's the, it's the gospel, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. When we look to the cross, uh, we have this internal change, a change of heart, and therefore a change of direction and a change in every aspect of life as we'll see today in these testimonies. So today we're going to start, and I'm going to read Adam's, uh, testimony here. And Mike and I, we can stop uh, in between it and and discuss the, the testimony as we go on. So here's what Adam writes. He says, I was involved with pornography and self-gratification for about 35 years. It started as a curiosity, but even at a uh, um, at a young age, the hooks of lust got a hold of me, drawing me deeper and deeper into perversion. I knew it was wrong, but I could not stop. The guilt and shame were immense. I tried being a good person, but I was a whitewashed uh, sepulcher. On the outside, I may have seemed like a nice person who knew a lot of the Bible and Christian religion, and I would even preach it, but I did not practice it. I was dead on the inside. (laughs) Now, Mike, does this describe our life before the gospel came with power to cut our hearts? and to set us in a new direction and give us a new life. Uh, this is exactly what we've experienced, wasn't it, brother? Boy, it sure was for me. I
2: was dead in my sins and trespasses. And hmm. I was uh, walking along following the prince of the power of the air, just gratifying the lusts of my flesh and just giving myself up to an ever-increasing impurity. Uh, so hmm. this is what it's like to be dead in sins and trespasses, is just to live for that next thrill to live for the next uh occasion where you get to to rush into the grave and have a banquet Mm. this is uh he's describing it well isn't he
1: yeah he sure is and and you know sin just promises to to give us something it it promises to fulfill us Uh, but really what it does it leaves us completely empty and thirsting for something and we're not sure exactly what we're thirsting for even um But let's continue on and see that the whole family of sin moves in. It's not just impurity. Uh, But Adam continues, he said, my sin made me angry and full of self-loathing. And this infected my relationships with my family, friends, and colleagues throughout my life. My sin separated me from society, making me uncomfortable in society. I was a hypocrite. I did try to find, uh, I did try to get free. I tried self-will keeping God's commandments, psychology, psychiatric medication, prayers, confessions, etc. I failed every time, and after every failure, I just became more hopeless and more hardened in my sin. I thought I had overstepped the line that I was going to be stuck in this condition till I die and spend eternity in hell. In short, sin got a hold of me, overcame me, beat me to a pulp, I was dying by the side of the road and it was a lonely and painful time. Brother, if this such a wonderful description of being caught and trapped in the darkness and how it, sin just continues to pull us down further to the grave. And, you, you know, it, this is exactly how I felt, brother, that there was no hope for me, that I had sinned too great, that the cross of Jesus Christ really wasn't enough power to save someone like me, brother. And what does the enemy blind our minds to? That very message, doesn't it, Mike? He blinds us to the gospel, to the death of Mm -hmm. Jesus for our
2: sins, and the resurrection of Jesus to justify us. And, you know, Eric, you mentioned, and Adam is discussing here, you know, that sin promises us something. But the Bible says the devil comes to kill and steal and destroy. Um, mm-hmm. Satan promised Eve a beautiful piece of fruit that would make her wise and make her just like God. And she was kicked out of paradise and lost her life and plunged the whole world into ruin, as did her husband Adam. So there is always a promise. that's always false. It's It's half true and half lies. And it leads you to death. What Adam is describing here is what the parable that Jesus told about the man going from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he Hmm. got struck by robbers and they beat him to a pulp and left him on the side of the road half dead. Half dead, Hmm. a perfect illustration of our lives in sin. We're alive physically, uh, but we're dead spiritually. We're half dead, uh, having Hmm. been beat up. And this is where Adam has left us as of right now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it sure is. And I love the way you just described that. Uh, We're alive physically, but we're dead spiritually. We're half dead. And uh, yeah, so let's continue on in Adam's story here. He said, someone did eventually come to help. But initially, I looked at him like I looked at everyone and everything before. I did not trust him because I thought I was doomed. Then he spoke to me a message I heard before, but never really paid attention to because I was too self-absorbed and hardened in my sin to care, but this time was different. God showed me much grace and led me to setting captives-free purity course, and the Lord used brothers to interpret this message I never really grasped. It was here that I understood the message was the gospel of Jesus Christ, the God-man who came into my life and rescued me. Jesus came to me in a way like nothing, and no one had before. I always knew that Jesus could save, but never understood how. I always thought I had to keep the commandments and be religious for Jesus to work in me, but that never worked. I thought I had to prove to him that I wanted to be set free from the bondage by staying pure for at least some time. And then he would come and save me for good, but that didn't work. (laughs) Jesus came when I surrendered to the fact that I was helpless, when the only thing I could do was cry for help. Jesus came and took the burden of sin off me. Jesus removed my filthy, sin stained robe and put it on himself, was found guilty of my sin and executed on the cross in my place. Brother, what a turn of events that, that Adam went from being beat to a pulp to saying things like, Jesus was found guilty of my sin and executed on the cross in my place. And, you know, Jesus came at just the right time, brother. There was nothing that we could do. Uh, You know, we were weak sinners and enemies of God, and God showed and demonstrated his great love for us, brother. While we were trapped, beat up, left half dead, and in darkness, Jesus died for us. What an incredible, powerful message, isn't it, Mike?
2: It is so powerful. It touches my heart just listening to it, but... You know, mm-hmm. he he mentioned that he thought he should get clean and stay pure for a certain amount of time and then <laughs> Jesus would come and rescue him. That'd be like telling the man that went Jerusalem to Jericho and got beat up by robbers. Look, if you can just get out of the ditch and come back to life and start walking right, I'll come and help you. Yeah. Um, but that isn't what happened because that's not what happens. The Samaritan came to where he was. And he bandaged his wounds, and he poured on soothing balm oil, and he carried this. I, I love to picture this sight, Eric. He mm-hmm. carried this broken and beaten man on his own donkey to the inn, to the place of rest, and then, wonder of all wonders, he paid for this man's rest. He he paid. Uh, he actually paid three days' wages. Uh, Mm -hmm. stating that he would return on the third day. Um, And so here we see the picture of Jesus coming to people like Adam, like you and I, brother, who were completely broken in our sin. We were um, beat up by the enemy, and we were half dead. And don't come along and tell me, hey, stop doing that. Start doing this. Mm -hmm. You better live right, you know. The law passed by on the other side of the street. There's nothing it could do or say to help us. Mm. Jesus, our good Samaritan, came where we were to this earth. And when he went to that cross, Eric, he was carrying every broken, every beat up, every wounded person who had been pummeled by sin. And he carried us to the cross, the place of rest. And there he purchased our healing. Adam is describing what this is like. He's saying that he died for me. Hmm. He he took my place. As it says in Galatians 3, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. And what Adam has learned to do and what we've learned to do is look at Jesus hanging on that tree Mm-hmm. under God's curse, under the curse of the law, bearing God's wrath in his His own body and soul, becoming a sin offering for us, removing our sin from us, removing God's wrath from us. And, and this is what heals. This is what enables us to be transformed and to be entirely different, to raise with Christ to a new life. And that's what Adam's experiencing, isn't it?
1: Voyage is. And that was just wonderful. I could just sit back and listen uh, to you talk about that all day long. I mean, that's what it does. It, it draws us in and it excites our hearts. It fills us up. I mean, what kind of love is this that God would love us so much uh, that we would do nothing and He would do it all for us there on the cross, mm. purchasing our pardon, setting us free, pulling us out of darkness, Uh, You know, it's just the cross isn't just about a salvation message. It's about an everything message. It saves you. It sanctifies you. It sets you apart. It lifts you up. It brings you out of darkness and into light. I mean, it goes on and on and on as we look there, brother. And we see more every time we look to the cross, as Adam did. And as we continue on to read Adam's testimony, he says, Jesus died for me. For my years and years of bondage to porn and self-gratification and all the other sins I committed, he paid the price for me. He settled my sin debt. I was acquitted of all my sins, washed and given a pure new robe of his righteousness. My sins are gone. My guilt, shame, and condemnation removed and taken to the grave with Jesus. With this forgiveness and lifting of my condemnation, Jesus gave me something completely new, He gave me a new life with new desires that are pure and right. Suddenly, I have no fear of condemnation, but an ever-increasing desire to live for Jesus and to tell others about the living hope He gives and the miracle work that He does. Mike, this is exactly what the gospel of Jesus Christ does. It lifts us up. It washes us clean. We're we're clothed in Jesus' robe of righteousness. And brother when our hearts are cut and healed at the cross and we're set free we're astonished at the power of this cross and we're we're given a new life put in a new direction and what is the result brother is that we want to share this message with others that they might be saved and sanctified pulled out of their darkness they might experience the power that we've received the forgiveness the love the grace and the mercy and we can't help but to want to get this message out, Uh, the message of hope, the message of peace, uh, the message that reunites and restores. And brother, isn't this just a wonderful uh, time to celebrate the gospel and doing these podcasts? I, I tell you, I was rejoicing in my heart
2: just listening to that because Adam was erupting (laughs) he he was flowing (laughs) a river of of life he was the holy spirit was in him a flowing river you know out Mm -hmm. of his innermost being flows this river you know it's also described as a fire and adam was being consumed and he was burning Mm -hmm. you know with (laughs) love for this one who suffered so much for him and who died in his place and you know this is the way that we get free eric it is it is right. the power of the cross. It's it's not just for salvation. It is indeed for that. But what is sanctification, brother? But a mini salvation that happens again today. Now it's not that we were lost, uh, but it's the same thing that happens. So the Bible tells us: just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in Him. Uh, and so this is the and every day, an hour by hour message where we're called to turn and look at the uplifted cross and see Jesus there mm. loving us unto death. And I love that when we do this, Eric, there comes a flowing river and the word of God begins to flow in us and through us and out of us. And so here's mm. saying, man, I want to go tell somebody. <laughs> uh,
1: and that's why you and I are doing these podcasts, isn't it? amen yes it is and you know i just love the end of this isn't the end of his testimony by the way but uh, i just love the what he said here at the end of this uh, particular sentence that, that the the miracle work that he does uh you know and and truly each one that is saved and sanctified the many salvation and lifted up it is a miracle it is the miracle and the power of the cross that does this. And so let let me continue reading Adam's testimony and you'll see him just continue to flow like the river you were describing, Mike. Uh, He says, I have been crucified with Christ and resurrected with him into a brand new life of love, hope, and joy, which is something I always wanted, but thought was impossible. Uh, I am not the same person since Jesus came into my life. I would not, um, I would not have thought I could even speak like this or that I would be able to say that I, possibly the worst of worst of sexual sinners, have been forgiven, given hope, freed to live at peace with God, am no longer enslaved to this horrible, sickening, filthy, deathly corpse of sin and the condemnation it deserves. Unlike the past where I had to live for myself and my sexual sin, Now I cannot help but to leave that behind. I am free and able to choose to live for Jesus. Now I want to serve Jesus by the power of his spirit. I mean, and on and on it goes, brother, where Adam is flowing like a river. And, uh, you know, Jesus said, come to me, all who are thirsty. And we're seeing that Adam, his thirst has been quenched by receiving the spirit And he's no longer, what a contrast from the beginning of Adam's testimony where it was just evil, down, beat up to a pulp, to rising up from his state of being dead in sin. Boy, you can surely tell that Adam is living now, brother. He's living because he's flowing uh, like that river you were describing earlier, isn't he? Half dead to fully alive. That's (laughs) <laughs> and you know when you're
2: alive you know you're alive because you are in love you know your heart has been won uh, jesus the heart thief has stolen my heart and he has taken <laughs> me captive with it so this is what adam is saying i love that brother thanks for that and uh, let's read one more here and discuss this from brad And uh, has graduated from the Setting Captives Free Purity Boot Camp. And he writes this, I thought this was going to be another one of those self-help courses. (laughs) I love how he starts, don't you? (laughs) Yes, amen. (laughs) uh, We we are anything but a self-help course. How can one who is (laughs) half dead help himself? Uh, Anyway, he says, I thought it was going to be another one of those self-help courses. But lesson one proved me wrong. The Setting Captives Free Purity Boot Camp course has made me free. I now seek Jesus daily. I feel so free. I no longer have anything to hide from my wife. Now, Eric, this is hmm. no small thing. Um, if you consider all the, the hiding that this sin of impurity uh, brings us to where we just don't want to be discovered or, or found out. I'm sure you can think of uh, your past life of hiding as, as well as so can I.
1: Brother, we were experts at in our tracks. Uh, we were, yeah. I I had to lie to my wife because I didn't want to be discovered. Um, you know, I thought that uh, my sin and shame were enough to put me in a rubber room. That's how far gone that my thinking was. I, I thought, you know, if if I've been exposed here, I'm going to be condemned. And and I knew in my heart, brother, that that I deserved to be condemned. And and so so we hide. Uh, we, we don't we fear that we're going to be judged rather than loved, that we're going to be excluded rather than accepted. and But, you know, this is exactly what the cross is all about. Jesus was condemned and rejected so that we won't be judged, condemned, and so that we could be accepted. And this love, brother, what this love is, is truly unbelievable. But it's true. And in our thinking, our minds are clouded. This, you know, in the world, things that are too good to be true, they really are. But in this case, in the case of the crucified Christ that rose three days later, brother, this, this, is, this seems too good to be true, but it is. It's the truth that sets you free. And it's the truth that lifts you up. It's the truth that changes everything about you from the inside out. Changes your heart, just like we're hearing in this testimony. Exactly right. And he doesn't have to hide from his
2: wife any longer. I don't get worried when she asks to look through my phone. I like Mm. that. Um, He says, I feel like Peter after Jesus called him out of the boat to walk on water. When Peter Mm. took his eyes off of Jesus, he cried for help. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed Peter out of the water. I feel like Jesus has grabbed me out of my sin and darkness and is helping me back to the boat. You know, this is the whole thing, isn't it? To look to Jesus, to um, cry out to him. You know, the the picture here that you see is Jesus reaching out his hand and grabbing one who was sinking and lifting him up. And that is what uh, Brad says he feels like. He says, daily washing at the cross keeps me walking in the spirit. Now, Eric, this is a really important theological point uh, because we can either live in the flesh or we can live walk by the Spirit. It is one or the other. But the question comes, how do we walk in the Spirit? How does this happen? You know, mm-hmm. Scripture tells us that the mind controlled by the flesh is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. So how do we get a mind controlled The Spirit, how do we walk by the Spirit? And the answer to that is we come to the cross and we look up and we believe what we see. We believe the good news that Christ, as you just mentioned, was condemned in our place, suffered, and died under the penalty of the law, under the penalty of transgressing, transgressing God's law. And as he suffered and died, He took our place and he took our punishment, and therefore we are set free. We can never be condemned again because God will not condemn two people for the same crime. And and so this is how we walk in the Spirit. If If you want to think of a visual, think of the Holy Spirit living at the cross, and so we come to the cross and we experience the power of the Spirit. You can see that very thing taught in Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through about 6 or so. Um, he talks, he connects the cross and the Spirit. The cross and the Spirit. So I think that's an important point to mention because um, if we have to walk by the Spirit in order to not gratify the lusts of our flesh, then it's important to know how to do it, right?
1: Yes, amen. And it's important to know uh, that we continue to look to the cross uh, to have the work completed in us uh, in sanctifying us for the rest of our lives. We don't want to look back at our circumstances like Peter did with all the wind and the waves and everything that was surrounding him. When he kept his eyes on Christ, he was walking on the water above at which we used to be at the bottom of and sunk down deep into the darkness. And so we look to the cross and the Spirit is always going to point us there. And so, um, you know, it's uh, revitalizing us day by day as we look to Jesus and see all that transpired at the cross. All of our sin and shame put to death. All of our sin and shame... Uh, canceled the whole record of it, brother. Uh, put to death, canceled as a legal document. Jesus was nailed there for us. Became a curse for us, and um, it's just a wonderful life uh, that we can live uh, with a new heart uh, in a with a new life, uh, where the cross and the Spirit restore all the years that have been stolen. Or as Joel says, all the years that the locusts have eaten, um, restored at the cross. And um, what a wonderful testimony, brother, that we're reading here. You, uh, you,
2: you hit it right, right on. And, and he, he kind of summarizes by saying, the cross makes warring against the flesh so much easier once you're continually washing at it. In other words, he's describing the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Mm. cross and the Spirit enable us to war against our flesh so that it does not have dominion over us because the cross broke the power both of Satan and of our flesh. Mm. And um, he says, he finishes up this way, Jesus has set me free over these last 30 days. Uh, Jesus keeps me up, and this course has brought me so much closer to him. Um, Jesus set us free. It's not ourselves Mm. trying harder. It's not ourselves promising to do better. Jesus sets us free. If the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Um, And Eric, this is the power of the cross. And uh, brother, I want to take just a minute and uh, pray. But before I do that, um, I want to tell our listeners uh, something you probably don't want me to tell. But um, (laughs) you came here today with a migraine headache. And we have seen you with a broken not a broken hip a replaced hip uh, in pain doing these podcasts now we've seen you with a migraine uh, doing these podcasts and um you know to me that just shows that uh your heart has been so affected by the message of the cross by Jesus love for you that you know what did you tell me when we first started about you know this went was in pain and he, yet he ministered or something like that.
1: Yeah, you know, um, Jesus went to the cross for us and suffered uh, beyond that of any human. And uh, for me, brother, and for you, and for all those that lo- who look there, and he suffered tremendously. And I was sharing with my wife, actually, this morning, uh, that in with Jesus becoming sin, how excruciating that alone must have been for him. Uh, and... Carrying it though, but he was willingly carrying it all and becoming sin for us. That's how much love he had for us, brother, and that's how much he wanted to rescue us out of our sin. And certainly, if Jesus loved me that much, which he did, I can do a podcast with a migraine. I mean, a migraine would be nothing uh, in comparison to what Jesus went through for us and, you know, being nailed to a tree, uh, becoming a curse, and having. The thorn of crown, of uh, the crown of thorns, uh, result of the curse pressed upon his head, and a spear in his side, and on and on we go. Uh, loving us, uh, certainly we could come here with our ailments and lift up the cross to our listeners. I
2: love that. That's um. That's that's amazing, and I love that you are following right in the steps of Jesus and carrying the <laughs> cross as well. Um, you know, our cross is, in a way, light, and um, burdenless, because Jesus' cross was heavy, with our mm. sins, with our burdens. Mm. Carried it all. Uh, mm. So, pray for someone right now. I'm just gonna gonna close us in prayer, Eric, and um, let's let's pray. Father in heaven, we we come to you, having been humbled once again, seeing your mighty power seeing the fact that you gave yourself for us, that you took on our sins, that you redeemed us, you bought us back, you became a curse, taking the curse of the law on yourself. And as Eric said, you, you destroyed that legal document that was against us, that was opposed to us. And that tells us that you are for us, that you will take on anything and anyone that is against us and as proof by the fact that at the cross you took on the evil one and destroyed him through death and you took on the curse of the law and took that curse which is separation from your father uh, so that we could be reunited uh, with god and spend eternity with him and i pray for one listening right now who has heard these testimonies of freedom and recognizes they themselves Need to experience the power of the cross. Father in heaven, would you right now draw this man, this woman to the cross of Christ? Just take their chin in your hand and lift it up to look and live, that they might see that the condemnation they deserve was put upon Jesus, that the punishment that they know within themselves is hopefully theirs has become wrongful Jesus's. And there he took that punishment away. And there he suffered under the wrath of Almighty God. And Lord, I pray right now for the person listening that they might receive this good news, that they might put faith in it, that they might believe it to be true for themselves, that they would would not let doubt get in their way, that they would just latch hold of that cross and uh, receive the benefits and the blessings purchased
0: for them. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.